0: As I said, I just want to get this out of the way right away and just say RIP to Roger Ailes, you know, and like out of respect for his family. I would just like to encourage you guys and the rest of the listeners not to just, you know, think about his now his bloated, moldering, now certainly stiffening corpse just lying on a slab somewhere. Uh, Definitely don't think about that. Don't laugh yeah. about it or, or dance in his grave. Texturally, or, you know, it's very yeah.
1: interesting because rigor mortis is setting in, but also he's very squishy, so it's both soft and hard. He's like a stress ball. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. like when
2: museums like wire up octopus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like a burrito.
0: Oh, sorry, did I mention we're, we're joined by Libby Watson? Hello, Libby. Hello. It's your choppo for this week. Let's, let's, oh. let's start the show, and again, just start the show properly by showing respect to Roger Ailes and bringing up the fact that In uh, legal documents, a woman referred to his genitals as looking red like raw hamburger meat. Mm. (laughs) I mean, like we can remember him a variety of ways, and you know, like as a a raconteur, a brilliant broadcaster and producer, as Tina Brown said, or just like a breathing turd, just like expanding, huffing, and uh, bloating his way towards making this country almost infinitely stupider and more cruel over his
2: career bye roger sorry pretty crazy thing uh chris cornell also died and wow uh looks like i wasn't getting the two mixed up all those years (laughs) they were the same person both of them are going through the
0: black hole sun right
3: now yeah hell yeah so
0: black hole sun in my office, I like to come. <laughs> <laughs> it's your chopper for this week, as I mentioned. Joined by li- a friend of the show, Libby Watson. Also, as always, Felix Peterman. Hello, everyone. Amber Frost. Howdy. And Brendan James. Hey, everybody. You already know me. It's your boy, Will Meneker. <laughs> so, pretty busy week uh, in the uh, the news department. Um, not to spend too long in it, but this has been, a, again... A Trump week uh, he's, My man stays in the headlines st- Stays being funny Let's just, I'm just going to run at the top of my head Some of the things that happened since we last broadcast uh, Apparently Trump inadvertently Or just ignorantly shared classified intelligence With a Russian diplomat in the Oval Office
2: No wait it wasn't just intelligence It was Israeli <laughs> intelligence <laughs> Do you know how hard they worked to get that? Do you know how many children they beat up? Um, let's see what
3: else is going on. Well, he
2: tried to land on the Masada holy site in Israel with a
3: helicopter. Well, they, they they denied him the ability to do that. So he just canceled the trip. Exactly. He yeah. heard <laughs> that he could still do it if he couldn't land the helicopter on top and then said, well, then I'm not doing it and cancel.
4: He's it. he's going to oh be so much money to hear that conversation where someone <laughs> explained to him that he can't do that.
2: This is what's going to make him anti-Zionist. Yeah. He's gonna, uh Edward Said a great guy who people are recognizing more we're going to be hearing that name more and more I actually I was the first person to invent orientalism
0: Oh also um apparently uh Told James Comey to take it easy on his boy, Michael Flynn, because he's a
2: good man. Yeah. And yeah. sent a text to
3: Michael Flynn saying,
2: stay strong. <laughs> saying, stay
3: strong. Yeah.
2: Michael, I did it. I think I just took care of it. <laughs> I, I told the FBI guy not to investigate you. No one ever thinks of that. And oh. that
3: guy Mueller is now the uh-huh. new the special counsel, yeah. I guess. The
1: yes. no libs are all in a histrionic tizzy about getting Donald Trump fired. Yeah. Because they think that that would be... Improve the situation somehow well, That is
0: that is the question and I remember You know in our first post election Episode I asked the question Knowing full well that I should give up predicting Anything about what's going to happen in the future Vis-a-vis Donald Trump But it's getting Increasingly hard for me to imagine he even Finishes out this year let alone his first Term in office like it's just like, How does this keep going on I
1: Like could how see is him it going to continue Out of boredom yeah yeah uh, but I mean I don't think again, I think we've learned that Democrats are extremely ineffective. The impeachment process would be hamstrung by just the amount of Republicans in yeah. power. Um, and also, like, I don't know... I, I think that maybe it's better to have an incompetent fascist in charge than, Absolutely. than Pence. I'm yeah. Yeah. agnostic
3: on it, but I did hear someone today making a, a pretty cogent case that, I don't know if it persuaded me, but that Trump going down would unequivocally be a bad at least PR hit for the Republicans that their president got taken down and that if the left didn't try to co-opt that and say this is a victory for us and I'm talking about I'm not talking about the resistance I'm talking about the actual left to actually rejoice in it and push even further obviously once that had happened uh, that that could be a pretty good thing I, again, I, my, I'm not my, sure if that my would my take
0: on happen. that is like I wanted to. I want him to keep being president at least another couple of years because I feel like if he gets impeached now, certainly the Republicans will take the blow. But keep in mind, they will immediately be congratulated and thanked by the media for being serious yeah. adults. Yeah, and, no,
1: absolutely, and and people will love Pence for being like a a very serious kind of Republican too, and they'll try and be like, well, this is this is actually the face I, of can, the Republican can, Party.
2: Do you remember when like those headstones in Jewish cemeteries started being smashed and Trump like, of course, when they asked Trump about it, he's like, what if uh, what if what if people are, the Jews are doing it as a joke?
1: <laughs> but like, <laughs> to be fair, yeah, they are like, a comedic people yeah, historically. Yeah,
2: it's a vaudeville joke when you blow up a <laughs> headstone. Feel
1: like uh, she were. take my wife. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Feel like but, she,
2: you're right. I do remember what you did on Halloween <laughs> last year. <laughs> that
1: <laughs> classic borscht belt bit. Yeah. <laughs> it was
2: a tribute to my uh, grandfather Henny Youngman. But uh, <laughs> uh, so. Like Trump just like vomited out of his mouth, but Pence because he's like more of an establishment Republican, and he's you, more the style of Republican who's like. I uh, I'm 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 grateful for our Jewish Americans who j- Jewishly ju- Jewish, uh, <laughs> Jew, 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 Israel, Jewish, Jew, 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 best kind of Jew, Jew, Jewish, uh, Jew, Jew, Hanukkah, Jew, Israel, Israel, IDF, Jew, and he like went to a synagogue and like hugged people. Yeah, he's remember- like
1: a classic evangelical yeah, Christian. Yeah,
2: exactly. Evangelicals think that Jews are like alternatively some like crazed group of perverts but also like magical if you rub their yeah. head yeah. it's like lucky yeah
1: well we,
3: they're, they're like
2: elves yeah. at the Ru- my dad
1: was no, such the, a no we think they're like smurfs and like um <laughs> and like Gargamel is like the Arab world and then like the cat is like all of Europe <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, so, like, uh, we we like them for utilitarian <laughs> purposes, but, like, we don't like them yeah, like Yeah, you, like,
2: you wouldn't hang out with, like, most types of Jews. Yeah. But the kind... But like, we have this Edelton. idea
1: that they're, like, living in tents in the desert still, and yeah. we, we really like that. And they're not just being like, oh, we, uh, we go to beach, we go to discotheque. Like, their idea yeah. of Israel is amazing.
2: Th- when that happened, people were like, it's finally an honorable man. And it's like, he's yeah. still, like... He still like fucking
3: makes gay kids play well, uh, Operation. I, I think that's <laughs> I think that's where there would be the most like mainstream hatred and disapproval of him is that okay? Well, we, we got rid of the racist nationalist, but now we have the transphobic, homophobic, uh, you know, uh, voodoo science, hardcore guy. religious fundamentalists. Yeah, I, I think he would still be. Also, pretty hated. I think
1: he's really. I think he's. I think he's very competent. Yes. I mean, as yeah. someone who came from Indiana, uh, he's a killer.
0: Yeah. Uh, just a couple other things, uh, like in in the news that was breaking about, like this quote that, that Comey has, you know, memos that he has paper on Donald Trump. The most scandalous thing in that article was actually not that Trump was asking him to maybe take it uh, take it easy on my boy, but that he also suggested that the FBI start arresting journalists.
2: Oh yeah. I have to see what journalist he has in mind <laughs> before I can fully come like, out against this. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I would have to vet this before fully condemning it. Yeah. Well, I like the idea that there are,
0: you know, leakers in the White House who are, you know, letting the public, you know, f- filling us in courageously and anonymously blowing the whistle on the Trump administration. I hope all of them still get prosecuted ruthlessly and sent oh, to jail yeah. for the rest of their yeah. lives. Oh yeah. Maybe yeah. that's hypocritical, but hey, These are the times we live in.
1: I don't know. I think we could, like, give them some kind of deal where, like, we spare their lives. They could commit seppuku. (laughs) Yeah, we will They have to wear... It won't be a public execution. Mm -hmm. Their families can have some dignity.
2: What about this? If they confessed all their crimes and expropriate all their assets to the proletariat... Their punishment is that they have to wear a s- child salar outfit and lick a big lolly forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun for we'll everyone. We'll be talking
0: <laughs> about Brett <laughs> Stevens in just a little yeah. bit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, before before we get to that, uh, I do want to bring up our boy. Our boss was in town recently. Oh, yeah? Our oh, boy, oh, Tay Up.
0: right. Yes. Our boy,
2: yeah. Tay Up. Libby, you're in D.C. Uh, were,
0: were you assaulted by any uh, AKP goons or uh, Chapo Trap House listeners, as we like to think of them?
4: No, actually, but I I never leave the house, so...
0: (laughs) (laughs) The boys are back in town. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you! Bad-looking Kurd. (laughs) Get over here. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So we found out today... Bad to the bone starts (laughs) playing at the Brookings (laughs) Institute. (laughs) (laughs) There's
2: So, yeah, Erdogan's guard... There were some Yazidis and Kurds protesting outside of, like, a think tank where Erdogan was speaking. And... Erdogan like personally told them to beat the shit out of them, which is amazing because he's the leader of a country of millions and he just sees like two dozen old men. He's like, fuck that. <laughs> just, like, has man some, shook. Yeah. You think the guy's are a bit insecure? A little bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it would be good to like uh, next time he's in town, like because they're going to assault people no matter what and they'll never actually get prosecuted for a billion reasons. You know, they're a key NATO ally but like to tell them that the proud boys are a pro-kurd group. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> or like just what- imagining guys rattling off breakfast cereals as actual gray wolf fascists <laughs> <laughs> just like fucking stomp their teeth in. And then uh, I guess like just going back to the, the, my other favorite news item that came out this week was the Washington Post had a report about uh, a recording of a meeting of House Republicans where the I think majority wit Kevin McCarthy, he's one of the majority leaders, yeah. Apparently said, you know, in this closed meeting, uh, I think Putin is paying two of us, Trump and Dana Rohrbacher. and then Wait, Paul Ryan you didn't hear about this? Hear all, about this? Yeah. And then Paul Ryan was immediately like, Ha, ha ha, guys, but seriously, nobody leaked from this meeting. Yes, we're, we're all not. family. <laughs> he, and Paul Ryan literally said, quote, We're all family, and that's how you know. No leaks." <laughs> And then, like, there is... Nervous laughter is reported on the tape. The Washington Post has a copy of this. And they asked the counsel, Paul Ryan's counsel, is this baby-faced fucking, you know, like, the thick-of-it-looking character named Brendan Buck. Yes. And then when asked, he was just like, in no way... Like to imply that, you know, Speaker McCarthy would ever say that about Donald Trump is simply ludicrous. It never happened. And then the Washington Post was like, We're going to be running a story based on a recording of this meeting. He was just like, <laughs> Comments made a year ago, clearly in jest, <laughs> that were clearly meant as a joke. Ha <laughs> ha, people were laughing on the tape. And what I love about that is uh, it's believable because there, that is such a bad joke, and Republicans are congenitally so bad at being funny yeah. that it's almost believable
1: yeah well I like that they're going I was being ironic like they're going the straight like defend the tweet route they're
4: taking all the fucking <laughs> line yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah the chopper has defense yeah no his tweet about it was amazing afterwards as well because like everyone was saying hey bitch you lied to a reporter and then his tweet was goodness I don't lie period what was presented to me originally was far different than what they ultimately presented—an obvious joke. I just love that he started his defense with goodness, like he's some <laughs> kind of southern grandma. Oh Golly my! G.
0: <laughs> I may not be a big city lawyer, but I know one thing: what the boys say in private is nothing but joking and rat- hassling. He
1: was actually <laughs> dictating the tweet so that he could have both thumbs for his. Yeah. <laughs> now I just may
2: be a small town. Retard. <laughs> so that's funny. I may wear a propeller hat. <laughs> <laughs> I may have a lollipop actually sticking to my bottom. <laughs>
0: I remember my my, my grandma saying to me, "Boy, there's more water in your head than the Mississippi."
2: <laughs> she said, "She said, boy, you could roll a quarter down your brain. <laughs> that's how smooth it is." I forget what my point is, but uh, but Paul Ryan
0: is not a liar. Yeah. Neither am I. Uh, so, so that's hilarious. They they continue to be funny. And and the last thing I want to mention on our just roundup of uh, the week's quick hits news is you'll remember in our most recent episode, our charming cold open, the parody (laughs) TV trailer, Fresh Connection, that Jared Fogle becomes director of the FBI story. And I got to say, once again, reality following our curve, the only person more repellent than Jared Fogle is being floated for director of FBI. Ah, And of course, I'm talking about the... Melted-faced
2: golem that is Joe Lieberman. He's back, everybody. Joe Mentum. A, l- a lot of people don't know this, but Joe Lieberman also lost three hundred and eighty pounds. <laughs> <life>.
0: <laughs> that's why his skin is so loose. Mm-hmm. Like the yeah, Lieberman that's his why you can use his jowls. neck as a flashlight.
2: <laughs>
0: so uh, good luck to director Lieberman. Yeah. I think that's great.
1: Yeah, we're I'm, all rooting for you. Yeah. I'm
0: really hoping to see him back prominently in American politics.
2: I hope he gets into the office and, like, all the documents with his name on them. It's like triple print. He's <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Director. Yeah. I was about to say,
3: like, this is not, not going to make the Pepe's happy, just like I'm sure all those, you know, Goldman Sachs uh, types weren't making the Pepe's happy.
1: I, I am enjoying the kind of uh, slow... I haven't been keeping up on it as... Much as I would like, but uh, I ask for um, you know uh, reports from like Angela Nagel, who who is on uh-huh. a Pepe B. Sure, and uh, they feel very betrayed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're I think a lot of them are. They thought we of had something. Daddy. They're
0: sort of tuning out, and I think a lot of them are just like going full on for just complete nihilism. Black just, pill, baby. Yeah. Ooh. Just, like, hoping for the end of the world at this point. We should have
3: Angela back on soon to check in yeah. with the... Yeah, the
0: I
1: want to talk well, about her book. she's going to be back in, a, in, a, in, like, literally a few weeks awesome. to promote the book. I a, she's going to be Chapo like here. I a preview. <laughs> yeah, enjoy that.
2: I have a lot of Pepe's, like... Uh <laughs> follow me and are alternatively like when i tell like a non-political joke they're like Oh, i play battlefield too. that's pretty funny
1: yeah no and i th- lo- some of them followed me yes. and they would be like hmm you're a very attractive mongoloid <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you have a lot of issues but yeah,
2: yeah so i've like been uh but every time i tweet about politics they're you know they just hate it and so they're like you'd be cool if you weren't a kike and you were racist <laughs> <laughs> It's like, well, one of those things I can't change. <laughs> uh, can work on the other one, I guess. I could do some personal growth in my racism. If
0: you could call that living. Yeah, moving on. That's our quick hit news roundup. Before we move on, I gotta. we have a, 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 a trifecta of a reading series to get to that are pretty good. But before we do, we're going to have some actual informed commentary. Libby, you uh, volunteered to do, to Libsplain the latest FCC <laughs> ruling on net neutrality.
4: Yeah, I really have to get a website called Libsplain. Um, yeah, so basically uh, the FCC had a vote today to, uh, it, it's not the the end of the process, but to begin the process on, uh, on repealing net neutrality rules. I think, you know, probably most people know what net neutrality is, but, you know, just in case, basically it's the principle that uh, your internet service provider can't, limit uh the what you know can't prioritize the traffic um on your network differently so you know they can't slow down your access to netflix um or you know as these companies start to absorb ever more um you know uh companies that create content like let's say at&t buying direct tv they can't make it easier make it faster to access those websites rather than their competitors um and, you know, those rules were passed in 2015 under Obama. And since uh, Ajit Pai has been chairman of the FCC, he's been going hog wild on uh, getting rid of those and a lot of other good rules. Um, so that's that's what happened today. Uh, it's not really clear whether his proposal will actually, you know, survive a legal challenge. Um, so it's possible that what you know he and the isps are really hoping will happen is that democrats in congress will be like dumb and cowardly enough to make a deal with republicans on a shitty piece of legislation uh in the next couple of years which hopefully they won't be but you know you i'll can take action much, like, on that set proposition your watch. right now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you can like set your watch to it so um that's that's basically what's what's happening right now
0: an idea to maybe slightly slow down the um, stranglehold with which several giant media conglomerates are able to control everything that happens on the internet and that of course is going away
4: right right and it's it's like it's one of these things that' sort of uh, it becomes more and more relevant as um, you know like this <laughs> when when we all had you know one megabyte a second internet or dial-up or whatever it's it's like you know, that's one thing. But now that our internet is so fast, it, it does make a difference if you you know, we expect stuff to load really quickly and we expect to have multiple devices on one network and be able to watch Netflix and use Twitter at the same time and stuff. So, you know, it does become more relevant and also becomes more relevant as um, you know, the biggest ISPs seek to kind of buy up these uh you know, and merge with these companies that create content. Um and so You know, in my lefty opinion, I don't think you really want, you know, a couple of big companies controlling both the means of providing content and the content itself. Um, doesn't seem great to me, uh, But uh, yeah, and you know, obviously, it's one of these issues where it's like, no one who doesn't work for Verizon or Comcast really would possibly ever, like be opposed to net neutrality. If you explain it to someone, they're like, oh, yeah, obviously, they shouldn't be able to limit traffic based on the websites you're going to. But like, because it's DC, and there's an echo chamber, and it's, you know, these companies are like some of the biggest spenders on lobbying, um, you know, in the country, it becomes this sort of fake echo chamber in in DC where there's like all of these guys pumping out stupid shitty op-eds and like founding these uh astroturf nonprofits and stuff and they're even like someone is even filing like hundreds of thousands of fake comments with the FCC using using real people's names like they got some list of real people's names and addresses and email addresses and filed like 400,000 fake comments opposing uh, net neutrality or rather like supporting Ajit Pai's proposal to get rid of it. Uh, and these people had no idea. Like I called a couple of them and they were like, what? No, I mean, I, I've never even heard of the FCC. I've never heard of net neutrality. <laughs> um, so it's like getting a bit dirty. Uh, but it's one of these things that's like so procedural and technical. It's like, you know, it's hard to get, hard to get people to care. And the FCC hasn't said if they will even like try to stop that. Um, because if that wasn't happening, like, the comments you know, would be massively, massively in favor of net neutrality as they were last time they did this when it was like a record setting number of comments. They're really scared that that's going to happen again. Uh, and there's going to be like 5 million comments in favor of net neutrality. And then Ajit Pai is going to have to say, well, we looked at the comments and we're still going to get rid of it. Um, so that's, that's, I guess, why they're doing this. But it's, it's pretty fucking shady.
1: Uh, Libby, asking for a friend, how could this <laughs> potentially affect pornography?
4: That's a good question, Um, because, like, so the thing—the point with net neutrality is supposed to be that you can't block lawful content. Um, So, if you get rid of net neutrality, there is this threat that you you would either either be able to, like, set up networks where you can't get to pornography, or
1: um, well, there's our campaign right there. All right,
4: immediately. That's how you—that's how
1: you fight this. That's how you rally the troops.
0: We do not want to go back to the bad old days of waiting five to ten minutes for a single image to buffer, not even knowing what the image is. Uh, Devil's
2: devil's advocate that I will play for uh, the FCC. We don't have a sense of community anymore. (laughs) Children used to congregate in the woods (laughs) dig up dig up issues of playboy one crunchy
1: unbendable issue of playboy
2: dig up dig up a close up of a woman's bush from 1973 (laughs) and all jack off to it (laughs) and when we used to jerk off as friends you know gone are the days of uh, the movie autofocus now it's just all cold and alone this is the new fight club it's about a group of guys who jack off together what is the the, the famous
1: that was the old fight
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's the famous uh, sociological study like bowling alone
1: oh yeah drinking yeah. yeah, yeah, alone this yeah. yeah. <laughs> is a messer of oh, how our yeah, society
0: yeah. has uh, atomized and fractured Yeah,
2: that's the yeah. new introvert extrovert I guess someone type.
4: should someone should ask Ajit if he's like a no fap guy and if that's like what <laughs> this is all about he's just like trying to bring us back to the good old days where we didn't jerk off constantly Maybe uh, he's a proud boy <laughs> he's a proud boy <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's a proud boy right yeah well, it is interesting. He's kind of been like, it's, you know, while he, w- he was on the FCC before and, you know, in that time and in the past few months, he's kind of been pretending to be like, oh, I'm a I'm a fun, adorkable guy. And like, I'm just, you know, I'm, oh geez. And, you know, like, trying to be likable. And then since the net neutrality stuff started, he's been like going on all these insane right wing media, you know, shows. He's been on the Lars Larson show and he went on Breitbart and like, you know, gave an interview to them and like went to Freedom Works and shit. So he's like really going hard on the, the like worst people. Uh, so a lot of people think that he might want to run for office after, after he's done in the FCC because like why else would you go and talk to those?
0: Libby, didn't he try to do some cutesy like viral bit where like you read like hate tweets about oh, yourself for yeah, the FCC? That. Yeah, that was, was Benny, j- yeah, yeah. Um,
4: Benny Johnson. Oh, and- our boy Benny.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, old
4: school, old school enemy. Um, yeah, he he like did one of those, you know, reads mean tweets things and even that he kind of fucked up. He made some weird joke about like when women get, you know, when I get out of prison women are the same age or whatever as if he's like trying to what? fuck what? underage <laughs> girls. Yeah, it's fucking weird. You're <laughs>
0: Feeling like Fogle at the FCC. It was a variation on the Matthew McConaughey line from Days of Diffusion. Right, to he, Fused, he referenced but about that, but like I, he
4: didn't deliver it well, uh, as you might imagine, because like these people aren't real. He's like, um, "That's so. what I
0: love about doing three to five for sexual battery. I get out, and the girls stay the same age."
4: Yeah,
1: that is not true at all, though. <laughs> that
2: does not work. It's not how time works.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
4: like, that's not, not how time like, works. And like, why would you say that?
0: So yeah. This guy's an asshole, and uh, get ready for the internet to suck. Remember when we were in Pittsburgh and it took us four hours to watch one Steven Seagal movie? (laughs) That was dark. That's the future, okay? So uh, I want to move on now, and I want to sort of uh, do a follow-up on the, the, the episode we did about two weeks ago now, I think. Our official I Hate the New York Times episode. By doing a follow up and hating on the New York Times some more. (laughs) We mentioned on that show, like this, so what kicked that off was talking about the hiring of uh, Brett Stevens to the New York Times op ed page and a lot of the uh, bullshit excuses and defenses made by the Times public editor and op ed page editor and Stevens himself about why his completely banal and like, you know, stock conservative opinions are worthy of being aired as some sort of unique and. Um, Challenging voice Uh, I said on that show That it wasn't even worth Talking about uh, His first column About global warming Because it was so fucking boring But Brett has turned something in That is worth talking about In that it's Even more Just lazy Trite And just standard Like it's A piece that could be written By any blog commentator Circa 2004 And uh, What's even more incredible About it Is it's just a reprint Of a commencement address He gave at an all-male college In southern Virginia So, New York Times really getting what they're paying for. But first, I want to do two quick follow-ups on our other boys from the New York Times, David Brooks and Ross Douthat. You may remember from David Brooks the last time we discussed him, uh, we were talking about his wedding registry Mm -hmm. (laughs) and his most recent nuptials to (laughs) his research assistant. 23 years his junior. Uh, Once again, shout out to friend of the show, I hate NYT Emily yeah cued me into this amazing fucking detail that I had to confirm because I couldn't fucking believe it was true in David Brooks's first marriage he made his wife change not her last name and convert to convert to Judaism and change her last name fair enough standard everybody does it he made her change her first name What the fuck? Libby, were you aware
2: of this? (laughs) Gorilla mindset, baby. No,
4: I really want to know what she had to... Please say that she had to change her name to David Brooks.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is on...
0: This is in his Wikipedia page. Brooks met his ex-wife, the former Jane Hughes, while both were students at the University of Chicago. She converted to Judaism and changed her given
2: name to Sarah... (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh wait that actually
2: does happen Like, this when is, a, is this were,
1: a thing because yeah, it's, Shane it's, is so goyish <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah
2: well Joe Lieberman like he divorced his first wife for like not being Jewish enough which is like how did you not figure that out until you <laughs> married her so like, yeah this- then he married his new wife and she was like adequately Jewish but he was like oh can you change your name and she changed it to like hadassah which is like <laughs> oh my god that's like a name that a nazi would make to make fun of jews that's like <laughs> a, not a real name but
1: yeah like, that's I was, their Sturmer kind of like yeah. stand-in name i'm hadassah menorah <laughs> i just like i don't know this is
0: i honestly i had never ever heard of someone changing their first name for a marriage but the worst yeah Jews look uh do
1: we don't like to judge women's choices here but if i'm ever either converting or changing my name please call the police because i am being held captive <laughs> I,
2: I want to uh i want to marry a hotep woman and i have to change my name to like onk ramansan <laughs> <I,
0: laughs> iq perfection yeah, 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 yeah. but um yeah here's my question is she going by jane again
4: Yeah, (laughs) or is she hanging
1: on to to the Judaism? Because I mean, apparently, a lot of um, times when someone converts for a marriage, well, a lot of times when a woman converts for a marriage, she keeps the religion even after the divorce, especially Uh if there were children. Because it's like a cultural touchstone or whatever. It's called
0: the Walter subject. But that's
1: like I married, <laughs> I married, yeah, uh, David Brooks, and all I got was this lousy Jewish ass name.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she's uh, she, but she's now in a post grunge alternative band. Uh, that she used that sorrow from the divorce to spur music. It's called Jane's Circumcision. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I saw the gears turning as you uh, were waiting to say that. Slump's over, baby. (laughs) And then just real quick, follow up on
0: our boy Boss Ross. (laughs) I just noticed today he was using the death of Roger Ailes as an excuse to once again hump the uh, vampirous corpse of William F. Buckley as he going to the end of two great eras of conservative journalism, William Buckley and Roger Ailes. May the next one be more like the first. And I was like, what? openly supporting Jim Crow apartheid and forcibly tattooing HIV-positive men. Yeah, Ross. Let's return to those good old days. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Ross, uh, just still on the sailboat with Ducky.
1: Mm.
3: We're on our way now. Coiled potency. Yep. May, it, may it rain a from, thousand years. From
0: beyond the grave. Yeah. The
3: co- the potency... It's coiled.
4: It's really sad. You have to wonder about like his relationship with his dad for him to be so obsessed. Oh, that's I don't know if 90% that's percent of the show. His
3: yeah. <laughs> well, we read his memoir, but maybe we didn't read that part that carefully. His dad
0: doesn't really show up very much yeah. in the it's memoir. his mom. That's what
4: in I'm the saying.
3: Weird, yeah. It's, it's yeah. the weird ailments that she got as she was giving birth to Ross that subsided immediately after <laughs> but that bore a very ominous uh, sign for what he would do in his, the world.
2: His mom was Alma Garrett, and his dad was Seth Bullock. <laughs> 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 I like He's that. He's never around.
3: I like that. Yeah. Well, his as we previously discussed, his mom was Rosemary's baby. <laughs> yeah, he was the mother. Yeah.
2: It's all for you, Ross.
3: Um, okay, but back to back to Brett
0: Stevens because, like I said, he uh, turned in a column that was just a uh, commencement address. And like, by the way, commencement addresses are already like the absolute worst yeah. form they're of writing. Su-
1: they're super stupid. They're awful. They should just. Be abolished because they they become so politically contentious, and it's just like, don't fucking have them.
0: And again, this is he, so what the topic of his commencement address was safe spaces. Would you believe how cutting edge oh, this good. conservative oh. mind is? See how much he's challenging the New York Times readers? Right. I bet no one expected a fucking middle-aged conservative to get all a bug up his ass about college right. safe Right, and what spaces. university was this? This was an all-male uh, university in Southern Virginia that is incredibly conservative.
1: So I think literally, absolutely a safe space where no one has to request a safe space because it is a safe space for those loser nerds. There
0: was actually a... Camp a campus Brooks Brothers riot
1: at oh, Hampton what?
0: Sydney on the night Obama was reelected in 2012, and like 40 bow ties were like you know like chanting, and four of them were arrested or expelled or something. Oh my god! I think oh my, my, god. my god. vagina just died.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: the Hampton Sydney uh, team, or are, are, is known as just the bow ties. Yeah, yeah. Oh fuck! fuck historic God, ISIS is
2: right. Like <laughs> yeah. they have some. I don't totally agree with their methods, but they kind of have a point. But by the way,
0: I'd like so, he uses this this campus, this commencement address to rail against safe spaces. But as Amber rightly pointed out, an all male university, mm. the ultimate safe
4: space. Yeah. Yeah. In the South, right? Yeah. Conservative. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, it's right out the Raytheon Acres,
2: Virginia.
4: Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, it's like sp- so safe they never they literally never have to see a titty. <laughs> yeah.
2: <Yes. laughs> the term safe space was actually invented in all male British upper class prep schools. You know, the kind of where colonialism, the kind that Brett Stevens practices. Was yeah, it's born. like an
4: old Eton term. You yeah, know, like how they grow they refer- the, the younger boys' fags or whatever. It's, it's well that's it's that's like what a
2: safe space is. It's the inside of a younger boy. A British boarding <laughs> school.
0: <laughs> um so back to back to Stevens. Okay, let's let's just let's dip into this um god awful and, and just utterly boring banal uh, commencement address members of the class of 2017 congratulations very soon you will hold in your hands the diploma of a great and storied college storied like last in the national news for having a race (laughs) riot when Obama (laughs) was reelected very soon you'll be gone from this gorgeous campus this nurturing stimulating protective environment a place that in a manner of speaking has been your safe space these past few years so let me ask you are you ready really ready to leave this safe space I've been thinking a lot about safe spaces lately <laughs> So like yeah, he's he's introducing this topic like anyone isn't familiar with it and he just goes I mean like it goes on and on
3: that's long for a New, it's New York
0: fucking Times long, yeah. Oh, it's yeah It's it's like, really just a column. reprint yeah.
4: Yeah. I'd also just like to point out I just googled it and I know that these rankings are bullshit or whatever but he said it's a great and storied college but it's like 105th in in liberal arts colleges overall which is like not, not it's neither great nor storied it has a score of 53 out of 100 on US News uh, so that doesn't sound much like it doesn't sound very good to me
1: Felix you want to know what the motto is
2: Oh no! Tell me.
1: Come here as boys, so you may leave as men. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god!
3: Oh my god!
1: You can't I don't make
2: even this up. Is this where Teddy
3: Roosevelt did his goody good boys? Yeah. <laughs>
2: speech? It should
1: be a goody good boy.
2: <laughs> so I can't. They're still doing this in 2017. They're still doing this. Like how?
1: Okay, wait. I'm sorry. I I have a new fact to pepper.
2: Oh, no. At the
1: onset of the American Civil War, Hampton-Sydney students formed a company in the Virginia militia. The Hampton-Sydney students did not see much action, but rather were captured and paroled by General George B. (laughs) 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 McKellar on the condition that they return to their studies. Oh, my My
2: God. God.
1: Oh, oh my God! They
4: were proud boys. Oh my
1: God! Yeah, they were the original
2: proud boys. That's amazing. Oh my God! That's goals. fucking amazing. We let's do our let's next go college. let That's yeah. our next college show. Yeah.
0: So just one more thing I want to uh, read now from the the Brett Stevens thing is that he, uh, he 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 closes by just suggesting to the college students that they be more like him, Brett Stevens. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I'm trying, sir. <laughs> he
0: goes. A month ago, I chose to do my small part in trying to swim against this particular current after 16 productive and happy years as the conservative writer with the staunchly conservative editorial page. It's like, dude, they just gave you a big-ass check to do this job. Like, it's not... This isn't any brave stance on your part that that you're doing the same job under a different masthead. And he goes, but here's my advice for you. Get out of your own safe spaces. Define what your intellectual comfort zone is and leave it. Enhance your tolerance for discordant views. Narrow your criteria for what's beyond the pale. Read authors or watch the talking heads with whom you disagree.
2: Check plus.
0: I read, uh, That's all
2: we do on this fucking show. Yeah, you know, just to expand my horizons, I like to read the Nambla newsletter, <laughs> the Beak, yep. uh, just, you know, all all viewpoints. By all means, master
0: the art of being pugnacious in argument, but as pugnacious dialogian, not a petulant didact. Go beyond that. Befriend your intellectual adversaries. Assume they're smart. Master the civilized art of disagreement. And then he goes on to say, uh, have an argument, then have a drink together. Carl Diggler
3: shit. So he's just so dig. He's
0: closing out this fucking commencement speech by being like, graduates, be more like me, Brett Stevens, And to my opponents... Be friends with me. I'm not yeah. so bad. Have a drink with every one of these bow-tied, repellent, fucking shits who and. Please,
2: nerds. someone
4: have a drink with me. I'm very lonely. Uh, uh, uh,
2: to the liberals in the audience, uh, my mom actually called the principal, and you have to hang out with me. You have to come over to the New York Times to have a play date with me.
1: in, in conclusion,
4: I'm cold, and there are wolves after me. I just want to say, like on the pugnacious thing, I think I, I want to take credit for triggering him into this because. Um, like, you know, when everyone was, was owning him for his terrible column, uh, I tweeted at him and I said, you're a twat and a shithead <laughs> or whatever. Um, and it seems that it's, it's actually a matter of record that that really upset him because I guess some guy from the Daily Beast interviewed him about it and about, the, you know, the obscenity. I just want to read you his quote. He said, I guess I'm getting to the age where obscenity bothers me a little more than it did 10 years ago. I'm at the, that stage of life where it's, you know, kids these days. There was a woman at Gizmodo who just unleashed at me and I'm like, <sighs> wow, is there not a filter in your mind when you represent a news organization. Uh, so I just want to say uh, triggered bitch. Young lady. <laughs> oh man,
1: I I may have do go back on Twitter. <laughs> I think the, if you admit that like, you know, obscenity, actually, it really bothers me. I That's that's blood in the water, yeah. man.
3: Ooh. Yeah. Don't tell the bully that it, you'll uh, you'll wet yourself if they tickle you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's very sad because like, I mean, I, I have to say the swears that I did at him weren't even that bad. I called him a shit bet, a shithead, a crybaby fucking weenie and a twat. Like I didn't use the C word. I could have got way more creative. Like if those are the swear words that offend him, I mean Jesus Christ, what a fucking old lady. I, I would
2: uh Libby, you're at Gizmodo. Leave the C word to us. <laughs> <laughs> we I'm gonna i I'm gonna use the uh Reddit, like Joss Whedon style insults and be like, uh, you are an epic fuck bucket of shit ass, you mother bitching fuck waffle ass clown. He's the only guy in the world who when he's called that is like Stop
0: <laughs> But I wanna be clear what's going on in in this in this lazy commencement speech article is that he's giving it to literally the most cloistered fucking assholes on the planet who are going to go on to basically play golf and ruin the planet (laughs) trying to be like Brett Stevens. That's basically why these people (laughs) exist. And he's telling them to like, you know, he's not really talking to them. That's the thing. What he's doing is talking to, like I said, his liberal Marx and doing this, oh, don't throw me in the briar patch routine of being like, Holding out the hope that maybe I could come around on global warming or considering Palestinians human beings, if you know, maybe you were only civil enough. No, he won't. He's just getting you to fucking surrender without firing a shot. Yep. He's a he's a cunt. Next <laughs> the second reading selection that I have is a return to another old favorite, another friend of the show who we've done a, probably our lengthiest reading series yeah. on. Of course, I'm talking about Megan McArdle. How could we have gone this long without... The Lisa Loeb of libertarianism, as yeah, yes. Amber called <laughs> yeah, her. Absolutely, absolutely. And this was an article that was, that came out uh, a couple weeks ago that, that someone sent to me that it absolutely is <laughs> worth reading. This is uh, Megan's take in Bloomberg about the new Hulu series, The Handmaid's Tale yeah headline no oh, by the way
1: shout out to alex garevich for sending this to me our our first fan to admit that he started listening to us after he had a concussion which actually like gives us i think the best tagline we're the podcast for people suffering from traumatic brain injuries yes. <laughs> yes. literally the medical advice when you have a concussion is try not to think
4: <laughs> the nfl's podcast
0: uh that's also the advice that megan Mcardle gives all his all her readers <laughs> many of whom who have had large chunks of rebar removed from their skulls <laughs> recently.
2: Yeah, that's uh, every to every uh, person who was harmed by an IED blast. The two things they have them do are listen to the Slate Cultural Gab Fest <laughs> and read Megan McArdle to sort of like reorient them into the world. So, that's actually the guy who killed Chris Kyle. He had one earbud in listening to the Cultural <laughs> Gab Fest. <laughs> It was the episode, uh, what is is shade? Uh, What is shade? Who is Rihanna mad at? Um, My biggest fear is that I go home one day and a large man is in my living room and says, this isn't your house anymore because uh, my social anxiety is too bad to call the police. (laughs) But before we start the Gab Fest, here's an open letter to my mailman who sarcastically called me Big (laughs) God.
3: (laughs) <laughs> turn off the gap fest now.
2: Uh, hold on. Oh. Uh.
3: <laughs> so, back
0: back to back to Megan McTardle. Uh, this is her take on, like I said, the, the hot new TV series, The Handmaid's Tale, based on the, the classic novel by uh, Margaret Atwood. Now, keep in mind, again, with Brett Stevens, like you know, th- this is a little chapo tip, listener. When you approach any one of these opinion columns or, or figures like Megan McTardle or David Brooks or Ross Douthat identify the topic that they're addressing, and then try to ask yourself, what's the problem that they're trying to solve with this op-ed? Where are they trying to lead their reader? What what issue are they trying to confront? And of course, for, in Megan's case, her shtick is that she is a hardcore apologist for you know, just extreme right-wing governance of any kind, doesn't really care much about the social issues as long as, you know, the poor are fed into blast furnaces and she can continue buying fancy kitchen gadgets and get paid six figures a year to write Absolute drivel. But uh, the problem for Megan is that uh, there's a sort of, I guess, semi-popular new show that a lot of, you know, media and takes are being written about that seems to connect it to the, uh, you know, sort of, hardcore uh, religious fundamentalism and misogyny of the republican party so however
1: i would say i do like the, i'm sorry we're not in the show there's no there's no uh people don't own women yet it's fine if you would like to read something good about uh the sort of like lib hysteria over it go to jacobin read angela nagel on the the handmaid's tale um I think uh, that is a,
0: a good and interesting critique. Megan sort of touches on it, but like again, yeah, I think Megan
1: is a moron. Meg- Megan <laughs> is
0: going in a different direction. So I just want to read from her now. Uh, we are all necessarily prisoners of our own place and time, and thus I was in my youth necessarily a fan of the Handmaid's t- Handmaid's Tale. Again, I just want to say necessarily used twice in the first sentence. <laughs> uh, awful.
2: That's establishing a rhythm.
0: Yeah, I read it. I discussed it very earnestly with like minded friends. I copied author Margaret Atwood's muted style. And no, you didn't. You did not pick up anything from Margaret Atwood. Your style is the exact opposite of muted, as Trump, we're gonna, you could yeah. say.
2: I, if a dog wrote this article, like someone was like, Yeah, my dog could detect all the themes in this show. I, like, I would believe it just as fuck, much I'm as ar- Megan. I'm
0: already losing it reading her <laughs> unbelievably awful prose. So she says, uh, You know, uh, I. Tried to copy author... No, uh, God. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) But that use use has fled, alas. It has been two decades since I last waxed indignant about the drinking age or picked up my copy of the book. Even that copy, paperback, dog-eared and water-stained and threatened to come apart at the spine, has been left behind somewhere, presumably the same place I lost my Velvet Chokers and my Suzanne Vega CDs.
4: Uh, Velvet Chokers are cool now, bitch. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I just like okay first of all like the fact that she references her copy of the book dog-eared coming apart at the spine everything she thinks is in cliche Mm -hmm. that book is not fucking dog-eared and water
2: stained and coming apart at the seams she does what I do which is uh, whenever people give me books for my birthday or something I uh, sleep on the books to make them look used so people guess think that I read I yeah, I just put don't. them through
4: the washing machine a couple times, and
0: it works pretty good. <laughs> uh, my quarrel is not with the politics of The Handmaid's Tale, nor with its realism. Expecting plausibility from dystopian fiction is like expecting haute cuisine from a highway service area.
4: And that's also, like, right? reading the rest of this piece, is, like, one of those caveats where it's like, uh, well, when you realize that, you should have stopped writing this piece because it doesn't <laughs> work anymore. Like, right. you just said the thing that undermines the whole of the rest of your piece. But Libby, fine, I think
1: you here. mean... Kavit. <laughs> it's pronounced
2: Kavit. Uh, as we from bitch. Um, that was a joke when I did that. I'm an auto didact, so I can't
0: say
3: everything right.
0: Listen to this: of the dystopian fiction I've read, only 1984 comes even remotely close to feeling real. That's the worst <laughs> fucking example. That is the book. Oh my that god! Got it, like, like. It was describing the totalitarian conditions of the Soviet Union. The actual future we live in that is dystopian is fucking nothing like 1980. Yeah, it's more yeah. like Brave New World. Yeah, but yeah, also, yeah. I
2: like that Megan, like... I don't think she...
0: I think she's confused. I think she yeah. probably means Brave New World. Yeah. She, but you
2: just... She's like every forum poster who's like... Two words, 1984, The Animal Farm, by George Orwell. It's the prequel to The Matrix. So she goes on to talk about
0: how, you know, genre fiction, blah, 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 can be used as a cautionary tale. But her whole point is that The Handmaid's Tale is not a cautionary tale for our present moment. So she goes, reading accounts of those actual regimes, and I think thus far she's referenced Hitler and North Korea, I'm always surprised at how culturally embedded they remained, even as they proclaimed that they were enacting a new world order in which everything would be different. People still got married and settled into family domesticity under communist regimes that were supposedly sweeping away all the vestiges of private lives in favor of creating new Soviet man or his many cousins. People in theocratic states still had a considerable variance in the level of religious observance. Theoretically, internationalist ideologies fell back onto nationalist sentiment to motivate the masses. All of which is to say the Taliban certainly existed, but it could not exist in America because it would have no popular base from which to launch its attacks. No historic practice of burqa wearing to ratify bringing them back the most banal observation imaginable just yeah and drivel
4: i haven't i haven't read or seen the handmaid's tale is it about the taliban like is it
1: actually (laughs) specifically uh, about the taliban
4: so double check me on
1: this because it's been years since i've read it but if i remember correctly this is the part you keep if i'm right (laughs) uh (laughs) Actually, the terrorist attack was a false flag by domestic right-wingers. They just blamed Muslims.
0: And then, like, it's, like, a hypernate It's, like, it's sort of, like, children of men. And in the future, like, infertility has gotten, like, is, like, very widespread. And the handmaids
3: yeah, there are, was like... Yeah,
1: there was a natural yeah. biological disaster. And and there's, like, you know, there's female slavery, which has existed. But, like, it's also, like, a very unified political theocracy it's not a thing that has been.
2: This sounds like a my speculative fiction future book. Uh I don't have anything in it except for the main villain is a it's a woman who's a judge and she's bad <laughs> and she's a dra- her last name is Justice so they're like Miss Justice. (laughs) That's all I have, and it's 900 pages (laughs) of people calling her that. Megan
0: talks earlier about how, like, ooh, in in Atwood's Gilead, like, it actually, there aren't one-to-one comparisons between, like, a straight Christian theocracy, because they have, they use images of, like, prayer wheels or whatever. And I like in her mind, like, in the sort of right-wing speculative fiction, she's, like, sort of surprised that, like, actual authors, when they create, like, another world or, alternate history to our own, like, aren't just blatant hacks who just pick literal things from the present moment. Yeah, they
1: can actually make things up.
0: So she's amazed by that. And in doing a little research for this, I came across Megan McArdle, science fiction author? What? On On her latest Reddit AMA, she says she is taking time off to write a science fiction novel completely on spec and may publish it herself.
1: I cannot wait
0: she is also no stranger to sort of just as she mentioned she has a childhood interest in dystopian fiction listen to this from the same rec- reddit ama a couple of decades ago this is McCardle writing i toyed with the idea of writing a novel where the u.s broke up into two countries
2: liberal stan Wha- and fundamentalist stan why would they call themselves by like a Central Asian yeah. it would be <laughs> uh,
1: liberal Vakia yeah and...
0: would it shock you to find out that uh, Megan has some even more interesting thoughts actually about Nazi Germany okay I let's, yes, let's this. dive this the
4: part let's the dive into is this the best part,
0: yeah yeah uh, She 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 quotes from the book now the inciting event is a lightly fictionalized version of the Reichstag fire as you put it out but a careful student of history would note that a decade after the Reichstag fire most of German society still looked pretty much like it had in 1925
1: well- no, some <laughs>
0: No, what? I'm not excusing Nazi atrocities in any way, shape, or form. Already
3: going that's great. How you
4: know you got a good column. Is when you write. That Why did she just? You th-
1: should definitely have to include that cavite in
3: no. there. <laughs> the delete key is right there, and she just. But she can't stop when she started a paragraph. That's, that's like, the, already nor, th- apologizing for her paragraph. And she goes. Nor,
0: <laughs> nor am I discounting the sweeping changes that Hitler did make. Again, completely th- contradicting are, what you
2: just said. The, this is the middle of my Tinder profile. <laughs> I'm not excusing Hitler. I have nothing to do with Columbine, but. <laughs> uh,
0: but they didn't gut renovate the economy, wipe out all religions that competed with the state. Uh, and completely reorganized society In the space of a few years They left much of the economy And the culture alone For structural reasons She needs her handmaid To remember the world before Blah, blah, blah She's, she's like yeah, doing no logic
1: but like, th- Of course, she's a libertarian So like the fact that unions Were abolished has right. like, Oh, that's not real politics Like if Meghan
0: McArdle Was like the time-traveling libertarian Who experienced the fall Of like German democracy And the rise of Adolf <laughs> Hitler She'd
1: be like I can
3: notice very little different. In fact, b- is this 1932?
1: <laughs> also, though, she's talking about Hitler's Germany. What if she considered the other places Hitler went? Right. And were they slightly different afterwards?
2: Um, she, w- she goes back and sees Auschwitz, and she's like, this is horrible. I had no idea that Hitler did this had a s- totally state-owned factory. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, she looks at the Warsaw Ghetto, and never mind, i do not I'm not even. In, yeah, there. she looks
2: at the Warsaw Ghetto, and she's like, <laughs> okay,
1: you these do are it. all rent-controlled. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was going to do it, but I'm glad you did.
2: <laughs> I am your shield.
0: <laughs> so I just love when, uh, you know, libertarians stay in your lane and by stay in your lane i mean just talk about gadgets i mean
1: pave your own fucking lane
0: (laughs) in (laughs) the middle of the woods pave your own lane stay in it and by stay in it i mean write about gadgets the way service employees inconvenience you (laughs) uh how they should be disciplined harshly more harshly by their bosses and by out of your lane i mean confronting any of human history, or any of like the complex as existential questions raised by historical atrocities, you're just not prepared to deal with it. I'm also, sorry. Also,
1: you know what? Literature, skip it. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> at the uh, At the end of this this god awful column, though, there's a there's a footnote, and this is what Megan Mcardle, author of The Upside of Down, has to say about a fucking genius like Margaret Atwood. I should say that upon rereading, I found The Handmaid's Tale somewhat diminished, as often happens with serious books we loved at a tender age. Somehow children's books do not suffer this depreciation. In some ways, I enjoy the Oz books in Narnia more than I did at 10. Thanks for including that, Megan. Margaret Atwood's sentences are beautiful, her grasp of interior monologue sharp, but it is a book about the tedium of a passive life under oppression.
1: These Uh, days I prefer hop on pop. One fish, (laughs) two fish, red fish, blue fish. I have a whole new appreciation for them.
0: Um... And she has captured her subject too well. When you know what is going to happen, the tension that animated reading it (laughs) is gone and was somewhat of a chore to plow through the acres of wan character sketches and fallow meditation that lie between the sparse moments of action. Again, Megan McArdle, author of The Upside of Down, a book (laughs) about why failure is success... And an aborted book uh,
3: about liberal stand no. and fundamentally, uh, I'm gonna back her up though. That sometimes when I've read a book before, I do feel like I I know what's going to happen because <laughs> for some reason it's 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 apparent to me. Yeah, I think she's right about that.
1: It's yeah. true. Yeah, what? sometimes it's like.
3: And no you one's know. talking about that.
2: that that's, that's why, like, when you're an adult, like, you, you know, you graduate from children's books like that, you read choose your own adventure books <laughs> because you, yeah, you don't know what's going to happen.
0: Yeah. Well, choose your own adventure books are actually perfect for libertarians because it puts people in dire situations and then gives you Rational cho- only Rational choice. Two also, it
1: lets you choose. And you're like, nope, 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 and yeah. go backwards. Time
0: yeah. for some game theory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like, here are your choices continue to work at a factory where you inhale toxic asbestos every day <laughs> or quit and have your family starve. Yeah. You only have only two Start options. your own business. Yeah. Start your own business,
3: yeah.
2: It's the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> choose your own adventure.
0: Okay, so that's that's Megan on uh, Popular Culture,
2: uh, Please Kill
0: Me. Are you guys ready for one last reading series?
2: Let's do Let's it. Let's
0: knock it out. All right, Holy gang. Oh my God,
1: though. Can we order hamburgers, after? Oh, I'm yeah. so
0: hungry. We got We got our energy up. We got our dander up. And this one is sure to do it again. The last reading series for this week is titled, it's published in The Hill, titled, Why the Radical Center Must Be the Future of American Politics. Hell yeah, dude. This is by Democratic politician Dave Anderson. Dave Anderson was a ca- oh no, he's a candidate. He was a candidate in the 2016 Democratic primary in Maryland's eighth Congress. So he's like, hey, I lost. Listen to my point of view about how the radical center is the future of the Democratic Party. It begins. The election of Emmanuel Macron to the de- presidency of France means different things to different people. To Democrats the United States and those who opposed Brexit, it means a victory against the forces of change that brought about Brexit and the Trump presidency. But to others, <laughs> mm-hmm. Macron's victory in France signals an era in which men can marry women much older than them and have <laughs> just open, sexy relationships with in their, conclusion, their teachers France and mentors. France is a country
1: of contrast.
0: No, uh, he goes on and goes about, oh, an establishment, liberals and establishment conservatives in the name of a new center, Not a moderate center associated with the United States and the United Kingdom, third-way politics, but what has been described as Macron's radical center point of view. Okay, so he introduces the concept of a radical center. Let's see if he'll define at all what will be the policies of this radical
2: center. Keep in
1: mind, Macron described his politics as neither left nor right.
0: That's the radical center.
2: Hey, kids, always recycle.
4: To the extreme! It's like the neutral planet from Futurama.
0: <laughs> Those in the radical center, and there are American thinkers who have used this phrase, shy away from adopting well, moderate policies. Thinkers. <laughs> Moderate. They shy away from moderate policies which represent a compromise between left and right. The radical center aims to be more ambitious than the moderate center. Indeed, the radical center does not regard itself as centrist as a centrist position at all. It doesn't really sit between left and right on the old Congress of Vienna left and right half circle. The Radical Center, that name again, the Radical Center, (laughs) transcends left and right, but takes important elements of both sides. Both sides. (laughs) World star. (laughs) In the United States, we need candidates for Congress in the presidency and governor and state legislature who also occupy the Radical Center. That name again, the The Radical radical Center. center. (laughs) Has your brain melted yet? But the language of radical center does not play well in the United States. It's playing was, great right now. Was I'd... this piece edited? Mm, it's no. The Hill. I can, so. okay. I
4: can say pretty confidently. The Hill publishes so much fucking garbage. There's no way it was edited. They just yeah, this put is it a real... It's like oh, medium for twats.
2: The Hill published one of my favorite articles ever. The one that Michael Flynn got paid $500,000 oh. to write about how we should extradite <laughs> Gulan. Oh. Therefore,
0: the time has come to build a radical center. The campaigns (laughs) language is of the first importance to politics, whether you are Winston Churchill sustaining the British people during the Battle of Britain, Franklin Roosevelt inspiring citizens during the Great Depression, or Donald Trump tweeting to followers in the 2016 race for president. And although millions of Americans demonstrated an appetite for socialist candidate for president in 2016, namely Bernie Sanders, we are not ready for a candidate that is radical in any sense of the term. Do you guys follow any of this?
1: That we should be supporting the radical. Bernie
0: Sanders is not the radical center. He's just radical.
1: Yeah, but he says we can't handle radical.
0: So we need the radical center. Awful. But they
1: call themselves radical. Well,
0: this is this is the problem. And he says, I nominate a few names for this new point of view, but others should chime in. The new American center. The ambitious center. The 21st century center. The the project (laughs) for a new American century. (laughs) And my favorite, the common sense center. (laughs) Don't Uh, every one of these just roll off the There's no
1: ideology. The good center. The
3: creamy center. There's
1: no real... (laughs) It's, it's all about. It's the same bullshit. It's all about. Okay, there, there, there isn't left and right. There's just problems that need to be solved by reasonable people.
3: Feeling like Fournier. Yeah. Feeling yeah. like Ron. I
2: mean, like this guy is biting Ron. Yeah. This so is hard. really, really. But pathetic. he he
4: lacks. Well, I just Ron's I just soul. looked at it. He he uses the phrase "radical center" fourteen times. <laughs> the, wow. The oh, that's <laughs> the fourteen words.
2: Wow. <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> we must we must secure an existence for the future of our balanced budget. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's
4: also only 700 words and there's a typo in the first five words. He missed the N in Macron. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Wait, Libby, what's the typo? Well, I think that's right. I think he missed uh, I think he misspelled Macron. Hang on. Yeah, he forgot the N in Emmanuel Macron.
1: <laughs>
4: oh, Emmanuel Macron. Oh, it just
0: macro. says, Macron. <laughs> okay. Uh, God, lost my place here. I'll just search Radical Center and find the 10th <laughs> reference of it. Yeah, there you. Go. Okay, here we go. The new center can defend the kind of policy that I myself ran on in the Democratic primary in Maryland's 8th Congressional District in 2016, namely one that provided hardworking young middle-class families with a choice. Once a baby is born, here's your choice. Six months of paid parental leave plus three years of child care support at a ten grand a year or... 6 months of paid parental leave plus 3 years of a tax credit for a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad at the levels of 10 grand a year and that includes families with two moms or two dads. People Can anyone tell me what that tr- actual distinction is? So tax
1: credits I or something? I can't believe he didn't I win. I don't know, I just got a nosebleed, blacked <laughs> out. I can't believe he
2: didn't
4: win. <laughs> um, not only did he not win, I don't know if you guys had pulled this up already, but his <laughs> In that primary election, he got (laughs) (laughs) 1.2%.
2: Oh, Oh my God.
3: Listen up. Listen up,
0: people. This is a bold, popular policy that 1% of voters in Maryland's Democratic primary can get behind.
4: Yeah, he came in seventh place.
0: So he goes, this family policy is a radical center policy, even though I did not call it that because it could not have (laughs) sounded appealing to the people of Frederick and Carroll counties in Maryland where I targeted my race. But that's what it was. Macron and his followers can talk about the radical center because people talk <laughs> that way in France.
1: They don't talk that way This here. is kind of deranged. Talk that way. Actually, yeah. yeah, they don't. First of all, no First of all, they speak French. <laughs> so,
4: yeah, they say <laughs> "le centre radical." Oh God, is that
1: Megan
0: McCardle's music on here?
1: <laughs> <laughs> this guy,
4: this but guy. also,
1: like, uh, I mean. You know the the French race was highly contested, and also the almost Nazi, like the, <laughs> the Nazi almost won. Yeah. So like I, I'm not sure if your whole oh the only way we can fight an extreme right thing. I mean, it was upsettingly close. It was yeah. far too close. Also,
3: Macron is appointing all these conservative. Yeah, because he's members. trying
1: to fucking. Yeah.
3: That's radical. It's radical. Yeah, yeah. cool. yeah. <laughs> what we need is the radical center. Yeah.
0: This point of view speaks to millions of Americans, many of whom vote Republican and Democrat today. Yeah, there are millions of Americans who vote for both the Republican and Democrat. Was this
3: one of those kind of gimmicky candidacies where it was a seven year old who ran? Because <laughs> this is not written like an adult.
0: Do not identify with the far right of the Republican Party or the far left of the Democratic Party. They currently sit in the middle, and many are independents.
2: They Furthermore, are- this is the Zodiac <laughs> speaking.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I want to, uh, I want to watch the extremist liberals and conservatives as they come bouncing out.
2: <laughs> I love, I love balancing budgets and expanding NATO. It's more fun than getting my rocks off with a girl or a boy. I do both.
0: Uh, uh, I look forward to the day when centrists are not referred to as pigs. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh yeah! You see
0: why I chose this piece because actually reading it is giving me brain damage, and yeah. yeah. I'm going to read all of it and we're then we a card. Done. Yeah, we're, we're uh, no, almost No, no, this done. goes on for another fourteen thousand words.
3: <laughs> <No> <laughs> this is a three part episode, yeah, everybody.
0: Is, so um, thanks for what subscribing. We do this now. is like the I'm reading the Great Gatsby now. This is my uh, <laughs> yeah. you know this is my Andy. Are you goofing on Elvis moment? <laughs> <laughs> um, Most American lives have three deficits. They are waiting for, these millions of people, they are waiting for someone to articulate the values and policies of the Radical Center, which admittedly leans more towards the Democrats than the Republicans. It's time uh, to
3: articulate
0: those values and policies, but it is necessary to drop the phrase Radical Center and find a new one. Whether this point of view can be embraced by the Democratic Party (laughs) (laughs) needs an outsider or outsiders of the Democratic Party. Only time will tell. I think I realize...
1: not bold, moderate, but radically moderate, but not radical, outsider.
3: There is a but Manchurian radical <laughs> candidate who, by hearing the phrase, is now going to kill uh Tom Trump. Perez is the kindest, bravest,
0: warmest <laughs> <oneness laughs> man I've ever met. But at this, at this point of view is an option for Kathleen Matthews, chairwoman of the Democratic Party in Maryland, and Montgomery County's Tom Perez, chairman of the Democratic National Committee. This radical center point of view, renamed, will be opposed to the Trump <laughs> point of view, but it will be built on the anti-establishment theme of the Trump administration. <laughs> Dave Anderson was a candidate of the 2016 <laughs> Democratic primary in Maryland's 8th Congressional District. That phrase again, the radical, radical center. center. That's the wow. piece I
1: have. I'm, my, I, my, I have brain damage now. Sometimes the most radical thing you can do is to not be radical at yeah. all and play by the rules.
0: Yeah. 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 two <sighs> square. Yeah. Libby, did you describe the Hill as medium for twats?
4: Yeah, well, I want to be more specific. It's like it's medium for lanyard twats. Like obviously, there's plenty of twats on medium, medium but uh, it's it's specifically medium for like the worst people in DC. I think I stole that from Brendan O'Connor. By the way,
2: (laughs) shout out. out. Medium, medium, like or the Hill. Like if that New York Times fridge guy, the insufferable twat on Twitter, (laughs) who who basically pretends to be Jeff Newsroom from the Newsroom, but also there's already a fucking
3: account that does that. Yeah.
2: He would, like, if he lived in D.C., like, he would have a regular column in the Hill. Like, that's the kind of asshole that they run.
3: Oh my god! Except
2: for this guy, this was pretty cool as far as hill articles go because this guy was having an active breakdown.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, very. He was, having, he was suffering from aphasia as he yeah. was writing. You're yeah. right, yeah. Felix. Like that was very Zodiac. Yeah. <laughs> just the repetition <laughs> and the kind of broken up sentence. You know, you, you guys can't see it who are listening, but oh, will yeah, will got very animated. Yeah. The uh, the also
0: just like the Zodiac, the comic misspellings of names yeah. and words.
4: <laughs> <laughs> if only There's he said, also a typo in the last sentence, by the way. I, I don't mean to edit him, but he said, "Does it, it will Chris Christ, Christ
0: Mass' Thomas. Thomas. instead of Christmas?" How <laughs> 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 Okay, guys, Libby, thank you so much for being with us today for bearing with all three of that powerful trifecta of god awful readings. Ooh. We will pay for the medical bills. Yeah, yeah. I've, we've made everyone. Uh, we've we've given everyone brain damage. Uh, Most of all, I myself can't damage this one anymore. However, buddy. however, before we close out this week's show, I do not want to let it go without passing the one truly good and worthwhile thing that happened this week, which was the release of Chelsea Manning from prison. Hell yeah. And if, I don't know if you saw her two first Instagram posts, but as I mentioned, seeing the converse all stars and seeing that slice of pizza vastly outweighed all of the mind rendingly inane, awful and stupid things that I've read on this show this year, Chelsea, we wish you the best. Welcome home. Like I said, I, I feel nothing but uh, hope and joy at just seeing those two photos of her free and out and living her life the way she wants to. And I hope that she will continue to be a presence in our sort of public life and continue to write and comment and, you know... I just live her life, well, So this
3: wouldn't be Chapo if we didn't say fuck you to everybody who didn't want her out, who uh, piled on her over the years, particularly that douchebag who works with the Daily Beast. Uh, um, what's his name? All uh, of them. Yeah, basically all of them. Yeah, there was one much guy who, them, yeah. there was one guy who was a who was at the Guardian uh, at the same ben time. Ben C as Jacobs. Sure. Yeah, Ben C Jacobs. Fuck you, Ben oh, C yeah. Jacobs. Uh he, he once made fun of her saying that uh, it was playing the world's smallest violin, that she couldn't uh, you know, not be tortured in prison. And he ended up having to apologize to her because his bosses got mad at him because he's an absolute fucking twat and also that was a horrible thing to say. So people like uh Ben C Jacobs, fuck you Fuck uh, you, Oliver fuck Willis. Oliver
1: Honeybun Willis Yeah. Matter. Yeah. matters.
3: Uh, Joanne
0: Reed. Yeah. Who, who, yeah. said, who said Reed. prison fuck is supposed Joanne to be Reed. uncomfortable? Yeah. Like again, as he was being like tortured and driven insane, going yeah. to suicide. Long live Chelsea and fuck all oh, of. Oh, and uh, yeah, and also she
2: outlive all of them.
0: Once again, Jamie Kerchick wrote an article fuck saying you, that Dolphin she deserves Pete. to be put to death for her treason. Jamie, you look just like Jared Fogle.
1: <laughs> Google yeah. it. Look it up. Yeah. Jamie it up.
0: Kerchick, f- new album dropping this fall. <laughs> feeling like Fogle. <laughs> Feeling like Fogel. In no, the no, back look, the looking air- like Fogel, look Fogel. looking like <laughs> Fogle,
2: back of the in, in the back of the aircraft carrier. Fuck all of you, die, uh,
0: yeah. And um, Libby, thanks so much for joining us. I think we should call this episode the twat episode.
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah. nice. Yeah, let's do it.
0: Twatcast. Twatcast.
3: Twatcast. Bye everybody. Twatcast, yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye, Libby. Thanks. Thank you, thanks, Libby. Libby.
4: Sure.